A Merry Christmas, everybody. It's so good to have you here this evening. This is one of my favorite services of the year, being together with our Springbrook family and guests and just celebrating Jesus Christ. It's a fun season, isn't it? Uh, just getting together with family and sharing gifts and uh, eating a lot of food. <laughs> we have a great time at the Harrison household. Let me introduce my family up here. There's a Christmas card we sent out several years ago. I told Lori not to bring the dogs, uh, but uh, we took one of the outtakes here. And uh, it's my wife, Lori, just playing the keyboard up here. And uh, just last week, we celebrated 23 years of marriage. Uh, thank you. Yeah. You need to thank her, not me. Okay, yeah. I mean, she's the one who's put up with me. Uh, and then we have our three boys. Uh, on the far right side, uh, we have Brian, who's a uh, junior at UIC in Chicago, and he's studying uh, for a career in law enforcement. And then in the middle, we have Wesley, who is a freshman at Elgin Community College, uh, looking toward a career in video editing. And on the left side, we have Tommy, who is a junior at Jacobs High School, uh, thinking maybe about uh, being a youth pastor. So uh, I tell you, uh, the family is just such a joy and blessing uh, to me. And my boys uh, really enjoy the Christmas season, just like all kids do. Uh, they love the food, and they love the presents, and they love the parties. But you know what they enjoy the most? They enjoy the fact that they have two weeks of their dad's free love and approval. Uh, there's no evaluations that are done during that particular period. I just love them freely. Now, let me explain this, make a little more sense. You see, I have an evaluation system in our home. It's called the Sun Eligibility Evaluation. And I've refined it over the years, and I'm quite proud of it. Uh, what happens is, is on Sunday afternoon, I sit down with each of my boys, and I have a lot of qualifications that they have to meet uh, for example, uh, in regards to their thought life, in regards uh, to what comes out of their mouths, in regards to their attitude. It's going to have a real attitude sometimes, right? In regards to being obedient, just doing what we say. In regards to their grades, their friends. And we have some secret spies that are tracking them down and telling us whether they're telling the truth or not. So basically, I, I take all this information and I put it into a very sophisticated computer software uh, that I developed. And then at 6 p.m. on Sundays, I get together with my boys once again and I uh, tell them whether they're worthy to be my sons over the next week period. Now, if they are worthy, well, I tell you, I just love and support them and they have all the food in the house that they want to eat, and they can sleep in their own beds, and they can use their entertainment devices, and life is just grand. But if they do not meet my requirements, that means they don't have the full rights of sonship. So that means they, they have to move to a, a bedroom, a spare bedroom we have that just has a mattress. It's all it has in there. It has a mattress. Very astute. Uh, we only feed them very, very inexpensive dried cereal uh, for all the meals. No entertainment devices. We might throw a Bible in there that they can read. 
And uh, we, we kind of shun them in a way. No approval or love or anything like that. But, now here's the good news, is that once that week has gone by, we get together again and evaluate them. And, and usually, I tell you, there, there aren't two weeks in a row that they go through this. They get their act together. And therefore, the next week, usually they're back in my good graces, and they got their bed back, and great food. And I tell you, it really keeps these kids in line, because my fundamental belief is that everything in life you have to earn. So I want to teach this to my children. They have to earn my love. So I'm going to have a seminar in January. I'm so excited about how I've developed this. And I know many of you would love to come to it. Anybody might come out to my seminar? Yeah. Now, those of you who might be our guests tonight, I'm so thankful that you're here. You're wondering, why do they put this crazy guy on stage? This guy is a child abuser, an emotional child abuser. And you're right. If I actually did that, which I don't, I would be an emotional child abuser and mess my children up for the rest of their lives. But, you know, some of you perceive your relationship with God, as I just described in that analogy of my relationship with my sons. That God is always evaluating you, always making a decision whether you are worthy of his love. And you're never quite sure about the fact whether you're worthy or not. In fact, take out the insert that you have. It might be green or red. And turn it over, and there's two questions. Now, you'll keep this, so uh, nobody else will read this. But I want to ask you two questions before we get started here. First of all, if you died tonight, do you think you would go to heaven? So I want you to uh, circle one of those answers. If we have uh, ushers that could distribute some pens at this time. Have any ushers here? Or anybody that can grab uh, some pens? All right. So if you need a pen, uh, raise your hand. We'll try to get one to you. But uh, if you died tonight, do you think you would go to heaven? And again, if you don't have a pen, just, you know, not complicated here. Yes, no, or maybe. Yes, no, or maybe. So, that's the first question. If Jesus asks you, why should I let you into heaven, what reasons would you give him? Again, raise your hand if you need a pen. Uh, you'll need it later in the service. We're going to ask you to fill out a note card. Uh, if Jesus asked you, why should I let you into heaven, what reason would you give him? So Jesus, you know, is there, you've gone to heaven, and he says, why should I let you in? I want you to write down exactly what you would say to him. I just take a moment to write that out. I'm serious. Just write that out. What would you say to Jesus if he said, why should I let you into heaven? All right. Now, the reason I ask you to do this is there's a lot of confusion about this with many people that I talk to. But let's spell out what it means to have a relationship with God, how one comes into relationship with God. We've got to start at the beginning, and that is that we are all lawbreakers. God has a law that he's established, and we have broken that law. We have 
done our own thing. We've rebelled. We've gone our own way. We're all sinners. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God is perfect. He is holy. That's His glory. And we're not. We are unholy. And therefore, we can't have a relationship with Him. In fact, there's a penalty for sin. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is a penalty for your sin. And that is eternal separation from God in hell. That's what the Bible teaches. That's a penalty for your sin. That's a pretty stiff penalty. And I don't think anybody wants to experience that penalty. And, and the person who doesn't want you to experience that penalty more than anyone else, is God. And that's why we have this wonderful gift. That's seen in John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Do you know how much God loves you? God loves you more than you love yourself. And I know some of you are surprised by that. Could anybody love me more than myself? Yes! God loves you. He loves you unconditionally. And He wants a relationship with you more than anything. That He gave His one and only Son. And that's why I'm talking about this tonight. Because this is the true meaning of Christmas. I, I love to watch the news and they always have these heartwarming stories at the end. For example, you've heard about Kmart where a lot of people are paying off uh, Things that people have put on layaway because they don't have a lot of resources. And that, that's a beautiful thing. I celebrate that. Generosity, helping people. And the newscaster says, well, that's the true meaning of Christmas. And I say, not. That's not the true meaning of Christmas. Giving is good. But the true meaning of Christmas is that Jesus Christ came down to this earth and became one of us, fully God and fully man. He was born as a baby in order that he might die and pay the penalty for our sin. That is a true meaning of Christmas. See, what happened was is that Jesus Christ came down and he, he, he was one of us. He, he actually was a man. He had feelings and he had desires and he didn't sin, but he was tempted to sin. He cried. He was up. He was down. He was like us. At the same time, he was fully God. Now, he, he went throughout his life perfect, so he didn't fall under the penalty of sin. So he could suffer on that cross. He could be our representative because he was one of us, but he didn't deserve to suffer because he had not sinned. But he, he was fully God at the same time because what happened on the cross, even more than the physical suffering that Christ went through, was the spiritual suffering. Because on the cross, what happened was is that all the sins of you and I, past, present, and future in our lives, as well as everyone who's ever lived and ever will live, every sin was laid upon Him. And then what happened was, is that He paid the penalty, which meant that the wrath of God came out of heaven, and He experienced the pain. The pain of the wrath of God pouring down 
on him because he was bearing this and he was paying the penalty. Certainly he went through a lot of physical suffering and that's important. But the spiritual suffering that he went through to experience our penalty, all of what hell is all about, it was all poured down upon him. We can't even begin to imagine what that must have been like. But he did it because somebody had to pay the penalty. God is a holy God. He just can't say, oh, no big deal. Everybody makes mistakes. No. God is purely holy. Somebody has to pay the penalty. Somebody has to pay the cost. So Jesus Christ did that. He was our substitute on the cross. Instead of us having to spend eternity separated from God, He took the penalty for us. So what that means is, is that if we go to God and say, God, I'm under a penalty of sin, but Jesus Christ is my substitute, and therefore I am choosing to accept that free gift of salvation from the penalty, you become a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's the great news we celebrate at Christmas and at Easter. Jesus came to pay the penalty for us. Now, many churches would agree up to that very point, that you need to acknowledge the fact that Jesus died for you and you need to put your trust in Him. That's good. But this is where it gets a little bit confusing. Let's look at Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For it is by grace... Now, notice that word grace. What I've been talking about up to this point is a performance-based relationship with God. When I was talking about that analogy with my sons, that's a performance-based relationship that we always feel like we have to be performing for God in order to make sure that we go to heaven, in order to make sure that we're in the good with God. That's performance-based. It's dependent upon us. Now, this is grace-based. This is a grace-based relationship, and this is what the Bible teaches, not performance-based. The Bible does not teach that. For it is by grace you have been saved. Grace is something you don't deserve. That's what God gave us, right? He forgave us of our sins because of what Christ did for us. You, through faith, you have to ex exhibit faith in God to say, I trust in you that you have uh, saved me uh, from this penalty. And this not from yourselves. It has nothing to do with you or I. This not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Just like you guys are going to receive gifts. In the next year or so. It's a gift of God. It's something that you don't have to do anything for. Not by works. There you go. Not by works. Not by performance. So that no one can boast. Not by performance. Not by performance in the past. Not by performance in the future after you ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Many churches teach that you have to, first of all, accept Jesus Christ, and then you have to continue to perform. And that's not what this verse says. It's not by your works. We go to Titus 3, 5, and it makes it very clear. He said, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He didn't save us because of what we can do for Him. How we can give money to Him. How we can be a good person. How we can go to church. None of those things. No. Because we have no righteousness. 
We need Christ's righteousness because of his mercy. Mercy is withholding something that we do deserve. Now, let me tell you where this gets uh, uh, confusing again. Now, again, most churches, uh, Christian churches would teach, yeah, Jesus Christ died and all that kind of thing. But again, you need to continue to perform. Let me show you a house here. This is a, a very beautiful house. And let's say that I was incredibly wealthy. Incredibly wealthy. Can we find that house? If you go back a couple of slides, it should be there. Well, imagine a beautiful house. <laughs> it's probably better. I mean, you're thinking about the house that you want, all right? Imagine uh, this mansion. And I say to you, out of my great wealth, I say, you know, I'm going to buy you this mansion. I'm just going to pay cash, and I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to pay the taxes on it. And I'm going to give you fun money every year so that you can take care of it, so that you can you know, buy extra things for it, whatever you want to do. And you say, wow, that's great. That's wonderful. But I say that there's one caveat. There's one condition is that I'm going to send an inspector to your house once a month. And they're just going to show up. And they're going to determine whether you're taking care of the house, whether you're mowing the lawn and taking care of the trees, and whether you're repairing the house, and whether you're keeping it really, really neat all the time. Well, think about that, okay? I'm giving you the house. But at the same time, I'm going to keep you accountable in terms of how you take care of this house. Would you accept that house? I don't think I would. Because I know that, you know, I'm not the neatest guy in the world. And, I mean, if they're coming every month for who knows how long, they're going to catch me when maybe I haven't done something that I should have done. And I'm going to lose the house. So I'm not going to be emotionally invested in a house that I can't keep. Friends, this is the way so many people view their relationship with God. God has given them the gift of salvation. But they have been taught by somebody that you have to maintain that salvation. That you need to you know, keep that house perfectly clean. No sin whatsoever. And if there are any sins, you better clean them up really quick. Because you know, if you died at any particular time and you're involved in some sin, or if you have a pattern... A couple of months when that salvation house was all messed up because you weren't following God, you're not going to heaven. That is a performance-based relationship with God, and that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches a grace-based relationship. It's nothing about what you've done in the past. It's not about what you're going to do in the future. It's only about what Jesus Christ did for you. And people say, well, isn't it important to do works? Well, yeah, it's important to do works. But, but they come naturally, just like when you marry somebody. You just naturally love them and want to serve them. You don't feel like, well, I have to do this. No, you want to do it. And that's what happens when God comes into your life and, and the Holy Spirit just grows within you and you have these new desires and these new uh, motivations to serve and know God, those works after your salvation are not about you being saved. They're, they're just natural byproducts of God within you. Once you become a Christian, you can't lose your salvation. It's not based on your 
good works. It's not performance-based. And I, I tell you, I've talked with hundreds and hundreds of people, probably over a thousand people in the lifetime of my ministry. And it's so hard for them to understand this if they grew up in a church that kept, or that taught them a performance-based orientation with God. They just don't get it. And I have to spend like 20 minutes to a half hour just dialoguing with them, explaining with them what, exactly what this means. It's just what Jesus has done for you. It's not about what you've done or what you will do. In John 5:24 it says, "I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life." When you make that decision to follow Jesus, when you come to Jesus Christ and you say, "Lord, you know, in the past from what I've been taught, things like that, I, I, I just have never uh, felt that I'm sure of my salvation. I, I've been taught that I have to maintain my salvation, that I have to keep my salvation house clean, that I have to perform, and I realize that's not the case anymore. I realize that once I establish this relationship with you through faith, asking for your forgiveness and for Jesus Christ covering the penalty for my sin, that I am your child. And nothing's going to change. I think about my boys. You know, if they go into rebellion at some point in their life, I'm not going to cut them off. Well, that's what a lot of people think God is going to do to you if you start to go off in left field. He's not going to cut you off. He's going to go after you and he's going to bring you home. But God is not like that. God is a, a, a God, a father who loves unconditionally. And wants you to experience life. I, I, I could just go on and on tonight, which I won't. But I could go on and on and tell you about how rich my relationship with is Jesus. Not because I'm a pastor. I could bring other people up here who just are regular people like you. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm strange, okay? So, but I could bring other, other people up here and they could tell you, man, I walk every day with Jesus Christ. And it's, it's not something spiritually weird. No, it, it's like. He's, he, he's my friend. A lot of people, you don't, you don't even have an idea what that means, that Jesus Christ is your friend, to be talking with him on a daily basis and saying, Lord, I'm so angry at my son. I'm so frustrated. I'm, I'm fearful. Would you comfort me? Would you encourage me? And then just to know this book, not just because somebody told you you had to know it, but you want to know it because this is the guide to life and to have the confidence that, man, if I die, if I am in a car accident tonight, I'm going to heaven because it's not about what I've done. It's about what Jesus has done for me. Now, you can quickly find out where you're at. If you have a performance-based relationship or a grace-based relationship, take your insert out again, all right, and look at these questions. All right, how'd you answer the question? If you died tonight, do you think you would go to heaven? If you said no, hey, got great news for you. You can know tonight by making a decision to follow Christ. If you said maybe, I can almost guarantee you, you have a performance-based relationship with God. You think that in some way you have a maintenance agreement, you have to keep the, uh, you know, your, your behavior up. You do. I've talked to so many people. If you said maybe, you don't have the security of knowing 
that you're going to heaven when you die. Uh, if you said yes, we'll talk about that. Now, if Jesus asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What reason would you give him? Now, if you in any way in that in answering that question, if you said anything about your behavior, if you said, hey, I've tried to do my best. I, I, I've tried to be a good person. I haven't committed any of the really big sins. I, I'm a lot better than the average guy. You have a performance-based relationship with God because it's about what you're doing. And what you need to realize, that's not what the Bible teaches. You need to say, hey, I mean, if, if I were asked that question, Jesus says that. He says, God, I got nothing. You know that. You know I'm a sinner. You know that, that years ago I, I just said, Lord, I need you. I have nothing to offer you. And nothing to offer you in the future. And I made that decision. I, I said, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I want Jesus Christ to be my Savior. And at that point, you became my father. And even though throughout my life I, I was sometimes on track or off track, my salvation house was really messy or I wasn't worthy of your love, but you gave it to me anyway. It's all because of what Jesus did for me. Now, if that was your answer, you have a grace-based relationship. It's based on God's love for you. So my challenge for you tonight is if you have a performance-based relationship, that you would move into a grace-based relationship with God. And here's, here's just a prayer. that kind of outlines some of the things we've talked about. And again, just simply by praying this prayer with a full understanding of it, uh, will give you that grace-based relationship. Lord Jesus, I want to know you personally. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask forgiveness for my sins and open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. I no longer trust in my good works to gain a relationship with you. There's a key thing. I no longer trust in my good works. No, no more performance relationship. I know now it is a free gift. I want a grace-based relationship instead of a performance-based relationship. I know now it is a free gift. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. And maybe the Holy Spirit's been working in your heart. And all of a sudden, the lights are going off in your head. And you're saying, it makes sense now. I've been trying to, to earn my relationship with God, and that's impossible. I'm just going to give you a moment. And if God so leads you to pray this prayer, I just want you to pray it silently. Now, just don't pray it just to pray it. If it really makes sense for you, let's just take a moment. Why don't you pray that prayer? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to pray uh, for those people who have made this decision tonight. All their lives they've been taught, you've got to perform, you've got to perform. You never, you're never sure if you're going to go to heaven or not because you never know if you're good enough. If that was me, I'd be a basket case. If I wasn't sure that I was going to heaven uh, because of what Christ has done for me, I, I would just constantly be worrying about I guess it's eternity. I've got a short life here, but I'm going to spend eternity forever. 
in a really good place or a really bad place. And I want to make sure that I'm in a good place. And Lord, thank you that I have that assurance in my heart. And I want to thank you for those who've made that decision tonight who have dropped their works and say, I can't do anything, God. I, I just totally trust in you. I rejoice with those who've made that decision. And for those who are just kind of confused right now, that's a good thing. If they're confused because their belief system has been kind of challenged here. And I pray they'd continue to seek you. I pray they would continue to talk to people who they would know, would know what we teach here at Springbrook and what many other churches teach the truth of Scripture and that they would continue to, to want to know more in order that they might get to this point where they make this decision in their own lives. And for those of us who have already made the decision, we just give you all the glory and the thanks and the honor. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, listen, guys, take out that note card that you were given. And two things I want you to do with the note card. The first thing is I want you uh, to...